Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the mini break. Your date podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, October 25th. It is shaping up to be an exciting week on the pro tennis calendar. Now, it always helps to have the high-quality fields we do at our two 500-level events on the men's side in Vienna and Basel, and of course, that elite trophy field on the women's side in Zhuhai, players ranked 9 through 30 primarily competing at that event. I mean, just listen to the matchups we were treated to on Wednesday. You got a Krejcikova versus Kasatkina battle on the women's side. Sinner versus Shelton for the men. You want to move further down the list. Keys versus Garcia, two top 20 players. You've got Alex Vera versus Cam Nori, two top 25 players. You can go on and on, really, all the way through to an Ugo Umber versus Marcos Giron matchup featuring two players who many break listeners know have played some really good ball down the season's home stretch, have put together some big results of late uh, in recent runs. It was a fun day of tennis. I want to break it all down for all of you listeners on today's show. Again, that means recapping the action in Vienna, Basel, and Zhuhai. Of course, the reason we're able to do that day in, day out here on this podcast is because of the support we get from all of you listeners. And in case some of you are not just pro tennis fans, but you're curious what's going on at other levels of the game, go check out our Great Shot podcast feed. Every Monday, Damian Koos breaks down the ATP Challenger Tour Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, myself, John Parsons, Chris Halioris, Archit Suresh, and others break down everything happening in the college tennis world. We also break down pro results from players with college tennis ties each and every week. So if you're a college tennis fan looking for more coverage of all things happening in that universe, go check out our Great Shot podcast feed. We are very close to unveiling or starting to unveil our preseason top 10, the 2024 dual match season right around the corner. We are excited to cover it all. Uh, If you're looking for more content, again, go check out that Great Shot podcast feed. Be on the lookout for a fun interview dropping tomorrow on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well. One of my favorite collegiate players of all time joining the show. So again, if you want to hear an excited Alex Gruskin, that will be the podcast for you. And last but certainly not least before we get going into today's show, I do want to bring to all of your attention something we will have this weekend. It's a futures event happening in Norman, Oklahoma. We're going to be able to cover championship weekend at that 15K men's event. Again, semifinal Saturday, championship Sunday. We'll have available streaming on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel, so be sure to go subscribe to that Cracked Rackets YouTube channel to ensure you don't miss out on our coverage. Again, we love being able to shine a spotlight on the rising stars in the tennis world. Certainly, 
see many of those players or players who could qualify for that category in the Norman field this week. So we'll talk more about that event as we approach Saturday on these next two. Uh, we'll talk more, excuse me, about the draw at that event on the next two days of shows. But just wanted to bring that to your attention again. Friday, no, excuse me, Saturday, Sunday, Norman Open, available on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. Be sure to go subscribe there to ensure you don't miss out on any of the action. And of course, a shout out as always to our friends at Tennis Point for their support, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. All right, who's still in the hunt? at our three events happening at the tour level this week. We have four. There's a 125K happening for the women as well. Again, we'll feature that event more tomorrow, Friday. But today I want to focus on the big three, and let's start in Vienna again. Talk about an opportunity to see so many of the best players in the world go head-to-head this week. And over the next few weeks to end this 2023 season, whether it's these two 500-level events, and here's the list of players who earned wins today in Vienna, just by name. Zverev, Medvedev, Sinner, so three of your top six. Hachinov, when he's been healthy, has been a top 10 player. Borna Goyo, who got a win over Karatsev. That's a schedule loss, certainly for Karatsev, but for Goyo, who made the fourth round at the U.S. Open. Good result for the former NCAA singles finalist. And Gael Monfi, who won a title last week. Zverev, Medvedev, Sinner, Hachinov, Goyo, Monfi. It's a good list for us to start our recap of the day. And again, There are so many others still alive at this event. I know yesterday we talked through the players still alive in the ATP race with David Kane. We didn't really focus on yesterday's Basler-Vienna results as much. It was an impressive round one victory for Grigor Dimitrov. He's just so fit right now. And again, his comfort level movement-wise, it just opens up every opportunity for him. It allows him to be as patient as he'd like to be until he finds the ball he wants to pounce on with an inside-out or inside-in forehand combination. He just worked Musetti around the court. He was better than Musetti at everything. And I do think there are actually some comps to be made between the two of them, not necessarily their forehands, but the fluidity, the creativity. Dimitrov was just significantly better. And a Grigor Dimitrov who's made significant runs at just about every event he's played down the season's home stretch. He's now going to get a look at a Medvedev who was very comfortable in a 4-2 win over Arthur Fee. And I will say, watching this this action in Vienna this week, his courts feel slow, right? You can tweet at me at A.L. Gruskett if you agree, disagree, but it just feels like these players have all the time in the world to maneuver how they'd like and... I mean, you give Daniil Medvedev time to maneuver. He's going to make your life miserable. Indoor hardcourt as well. I don't care if it's slightly slower surface. His serve generated more free points than Fee's did. Fee was not comfortable serving in volleying and really just couldn't find a second mechanism to attack the defensive return position of Daniil Medvedev. He tried to work in the drop shot, but again, these courts are a little slower, grittier, so Medvedev was there covering it, was hitting the approach shot extraordinarily well today. 
I mean, Arthur Fee, again, he, he made a final last week. Is this a little bit of a schedule loss for him? Absolutely. But Medvedev looked like the number one seed in a straight set victory. Now he's going to have to sustain that level, taking on a Grigor Dimitrov, who, again, has played some extraordinary ball down the season's home stretch. And right now, you look at Tennis Abstract's ELO ratings, which, of course, measure who you play, what your score is against them, not the round you play them in and the event you play them, like the ATP rankings do. Dimitrov, by that metric, ELO ratings— He's seventh right now, according to Tennis Abstract. Trails just Zverev, Rublev, Sinner, Medvedev, Alcaraz, Djokovic. Honest to God, that feels about right, just given the consistency we have seen from the Bulgarian down the home stretch, who, of course, has worked himself back into the top 20. And now, semifinals Washington, played Zverev really tight in a third-round loss U.S. Open, semis Chengdu, quarters Beijing, semis Shanghai. So he's made the quarters or further in four of his last five events coming into, or excuse me, four of his last six events. I discluded Cincinnati. I apologize for that. But four of his last six, he's made the semifinals, uh, quarterfinals or further. And three of his last six, he's made the semifinals. Grigor's balling to end uh, the season stretch. And right now he's at 37 wins, fourth highest total of his career. He's four wins away from surpassing his 2016 total. Then he'd only be trailing, of course, his signature 2017 season where he won the tour finals, as well as his breakout 2014 season, which again, a decade ago, what a season it's been for the 32-year-old Grigor Dimitrov. I'm very much looking forward to that matchup with Medvedev. Medvedev 5-2 is the career head-to-head, but Again, Grigor hasn't been playing this well in quite some time, so I'm looking forward to that one. Of course, the winner of that will face Karen Hatchinov. Hatchinov advancing to the quarterfinals today, 3-1 and one over Yuri Lechechka. He's just back. He's fit. He's healthy. Two impressive wins over Safiulin, Lechechka, respectively, to reach the quarterfinals. You look for Hatchinov considering the injuries uh, and the portion of the calendar that he missed this year. Again, for him now, he's into quarterfinal number seven of the season. That's a top 12 number. And considering he missed everything pretty much from French Open to US Open, he's 14th in the points race. He's had the best year of his career. He just hasn't been healthy for the duration of it. But he's a winner today. Zverev, excellent today, was Sasha Zverev in his uh, in reaching quarterfinal number 11 on the year, which ties him for fourth most on the season. Two and four over Cam Nori. Nori just couldn't hurt him. It started with the exception on the full sprint backhand down the line pass to break in game number one of the match. And Zverev never let up from there, even if some closing yips snuck in at the end of that match. But Zverev, Hatchinov, your first quarter finalist. Again, Hatchinov awaiting the winner of Medvedev Dimitrov. Zverev awaiting the winner of Matteo Arinaldi and Andre Rublev Arinaldi. I mentioned the six and six win over Ramos in round number one. I'm actually, that's a fun matchup. Just again, Arnaldi has the fluidity. He's athletic enough and has sound enough technique to handle the pace of Rublev. How does he go about hurting Andre though? Again, that will that ability to create easy opportunities for himself, that will define Arnaldi's ceiling. Because I think the floor is pretty high. He's a top 70 guy. Can he be a top 25 guy? I think he can be a top 50 guy for sure. Can he be a top 25 guy? I don't know the answer to that question yet. Rublev is an interesting litmus test to see Rublev yesterday, 6-4 and over Popperin. He just had the Australian on his back foot. I was very impressed by that round one scoreboard, even if that scoreboard uh, was pretty tight. Popperin serving for that first setup, 5-4. Rublev able to break back, ultimately extend the match from there. 
Again, your other winners today, Sinner, 6-5 and five over Ben Shelton to advance to the round of 16. You could just tell Ben had nothing left in the legs. All the physicality we saw, the rally tolerance, shot tolerance, as they say, displayed in Tokyo just wasn't there for him today. And guess what? He was still just broken once in this 6-5 and five match. And look, indoor hard courts, that's where we saw Ben have all this challenger success last season. How is that not going to be his best surface? His serve, his weapons, his aggression, indoor hard courts? Come on now. Those weapons kept him in the match. And even if his legs are dead, you couldn't tell that from his intensity. Couldn't tell that from his fighting spirit. Again, Ben's mind was in the match, which given his body was two time zones behind, it's a testament to the 21-year-old, what he is as a competitor, as an athlete already. Sin Man was disciplined. And the rolling forehand return dipped at the feet of Ben Shelton. Ben plays his great backhand volley did about all you could do off of that return then center a ridiculous slow rolling backhand short angle cross court pass to set up the break point breaks from there after a Shelton error I mean center was just so disciplined that's that's the highest compliment I can offer the Italian and again um, he needed to be disciplined to grind through Ben and played a very disciplined breaker as well coaxing an early error and getting the early mini break cruising from there Yannick played a smart match. I mean, again, not much you can do when Ben's hitting 140 bombs on you on indoor hard courts, but Sinner's the one who advances in straight sets. I thought it was an impressive victory for the Italian who, by the way, you look in terms of total wins in this 2023 season, Sinner, one of just six players over the 50 mark. Can he make a push for 60? This Paris Tour Finals, he's now at 52 wins. He needs eight wins remaining between two and a half events. Uh, events. He'd have to do well at all of them, but he certainly could approach that 60 mark. And again, 22 years old, you get 60 wins. I don't care if you don't have a slam under your resume. You are a tier one player moving forward. Sinner wins. Goyo again, three and three. Karatev just didn't have the juice. Goyo did a great job pressuring him. And then how about Gael Monfi? I mean, speaks to a world-class athlete. He wins a title last week. Yes, he had a couple of days off. But coming off of injuries, 37 years old, you don't recover the way you once did. Not the case for Gael Monfi. He advances with a 4-4 four and four straight set victory. And again, that sets up six round of 16 matches tomorrow. It'll be Dimitrov, Medvedev mentioned that. 1-5-2 head-to-head for Medvedev. 72.5% favorite according to the Tennis Abstract Singles forecast. Sinner will take on fellow Italian Lorenzo Sinego. He's an 86.5% favorite 3-0 and in the head-to-head. How about this? Tiafo Monfi, part three, one one is the career had to had Monfi actually a favorite according to the tennis abstract singles forecast just given his recent form and Tiafo's lack thereof since New York. Other matchups on the board: Arnaldi Rublev, Tommy Paul, a very winnable match versus Borna Goyo, and then Thomas Mychak again the qualifier wins two challengers. What he, was it quarters or semis? Let's look real quick. He makes. Quarterfinals last week in Stockholm, now into the round of 16 as a qualifier gets a round one victory over Vukic to advance to the round of 16 matchup with Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas, I didn't talk about this yesterday. His service forehand are very good. And given the slower, grittier nature of this indoor hardcore in Vienna, this is a good surface for him. Six and four over Dominic team. Team's playing top 50 tennis again. I wouldn't say it's top 20, 
But it's absolutely top 50 tennis again off the racket of Dominic team. And again, even in a loss there, I was pretty impressed in his performance. Had a bunch of opportunities in set number one. But that's where things are in Vienna. By the way, just the final thought on Thomas Mychek. He With his run, 10 straight wins at the challenger level. Qualifies as a lucky loser quarterfinalist last week in Stockholm. Now round of 16 as a qualifier this week in Vienna. It's up to a new career high. 63 is the 23-year-old. Not too shabby of a position to start next season. Uh, again, those are your six round of 16 matchups. Right now, the favorite in Vienna, Daniil Medvedev, 29.7. Then Sinner, 28.3. Zverev's around ahead. He's only at 10-2. Rublev, 9-9. That's probably because for Zverev, he would face potentially Andre Rublev in the quarterfinals. And again, listen to these prospective quarterfinals. Every seed's still alive. Medvedev versus Hachinov, Tsitsipas versus Paul, Zverev versus Rublev, Tiafo versus Sinner. Those are all top 18 players in the ATP rankings, and there's a chance that they all go head-to-head here in this final week of October event in Vienna. And I went and looked up the stats because I was curious, not just quarterfinals, but top 20 victories this season. How many players have earned more than 10 top 20 victories in this 2023 year? The answer is just five. Medvedev, Alcaraz, Djokovic, Rublev, Sinner. That's it. That's your list of players with double-digit top 20 victories this year. Now, Tsitsipas, Hour, they can get there with big weeks this week. Zverev's going to need three big weeks down the season's home stretch to hit double digits, but certainly a pathway still exists for him. Still, only five players with double-digit record, uh, with double-digit wins over top 20 players this year. I need to see the best play the best because it just feels like we haven't seen the other than Djokovic, Alcaraz, and Medvedev, who, by the way, 22 top 20 wins for Medvedev, Alcaraz, 17 top 10, uh, 20 wins for Djokovic, respectively. Other than those three, I haven't seen someone consistently beat the best of their peers this season. And as I alluded to with David Kane yesterday, we're going to get a lot of opportunities to see that down the season's home stretch. Certainly seeing that in Vienna this week. It's an exciting day of tennis tomorrow. I'm going to take all the seeds. I think we're getting straight chalk at this Vienna event. And man, am I excited. Even if we don't, I'm excited for whatever permutations we get over the course of championship weekend. That's where things are in Vienna, in Basel. Again, straightforward day for the top seeds. Pretty successful across the board which is critical, as so many of these players competing are still alive in that race for the ATP Tour Finals. Your winners today, all in straight sets, Hubi Hercots, 1-4 over Jan Leonard Struff. He's into another quarterfinal, and again, for Hercots, after such a forgettable first six months of the season, round of 16, three sets with Alcaraz in Canada, semifinals, three sets with Alcaraz in Cincy. He wins the Shanghai Masters, now obviously into the uh, quarterfinals here in Basel. I believe it's his seventh quarterfinal overall on the year. But again, given that three of those seven have come in his last five events, not too shabby down the home stretch for Hubi Hurricot, starting to play like the top 12, top 10 player, uh, belong in that conversation look like he belongs in that conversation as the ranking would dictate still has an outside shot with a strong stretch down uh strong home stretch to reach the atp tour finals and look it's all eight 
indoor hardcore events. I'm going to get something right in this sentence. It's all indoor hardcore events. And Hoopy Hercots right now, third in hold percentage amongst top 50 players, 87.9% trails, just Tsitsipas and Djokovic. There's a runway for him to make a push towards this ATP Tour Finals. As we discussed yesterday, he gets a win over Struff today, your other winners on the day. Kasparud, straight set victory over Sasha Bublik. It was a very fun opening set. And then for Kasparud, the tweener winner he hits, obviously, in the opening game of set number two, absolutely stunning. But what was so surprising about this match, and we saw Bublik crack a racket after losing that first set in a breaker. Bublik, of course, coming off of a title run last week as well. Bublik wanted to win this match. You could sense, again, how seriously he was taking the opening set. And that's a little condescending to say that a professional player was taking a pro match seriously. But we know for Sasha Bublik mentally, he's not always engaged in all of these matches. And to see him engaged in striking the return so soundly against Kasparud in that opening set... It drew the best of Casper, and I thought the discipline for Casper in his plus one execution continuing to apply pressure on Bublik so that Bublik couldn't get into his drop shot, net rushing bag of tricks. It's about as disciplined, honestly, even in losses of late, I don't think Casper Root has played poorly. He's played some stunning matches for those that don't recall the 7-6 in the third match he played uh, in, uh, excuse me, in where was it? In Tokyo? No. Oh, it wasn't 7-6 in the third. No, it was 7-6 in the third over Echeverria in Beijing. 6-4 uh, in the third, he gets knocked out by Marazan. Marcos Giron in Tokyo was just so freaking good last week. There was nothing Casper could do. I don't think he's playing poorly, even if the results aren't quite there yet. He gets a win. I would say the same thing about Felix, who gets another win in a first match of an event, which we just haven't said a lot of this year. 3-2 and two over Rady. Again, yes, the Canadian has so many points still to defend this season. He's 25 in the live rankings. Hasn't been that low in about 18, 24 months. But he's playing much better tennis down the season's home stretch. He gets a comfortable round one victory today. And then Taylor Fritz, 6-6 six and six over Mass Purcell again. Fritz right now, ninth in the points race, 90 points behind Holger Runa. They're playing for the spot, essentially. That's what, again, that margin in the points race tells you with both engaged in 500-level events here this week in Basel, as a matter of fact, and then obviously both we'll see in the Paris draw next week. Your other non-seeded winners on the day, another three-hour marathon for Andy Murray, but how about Thomas Martin Echeverry into another quarterfinal on hard courts, this time 6-7-6-3-6-2 over Murray. Again, it's discount Casperud, and the Argentinian has gone about establishing his place inside the top 35 of the rankings with his victory now tied with Ugo Umber at 30th in the live points race. It's a good win for Echeverry uh, to advance over Murray, and then a good victory for Ugo Umber. Knocks out last week's Tokyo semifinalist Marcos Giron, 7-6 in the third again. Giron's played some really good ball, and even with the time zone issues, even with this being a little bit of a schedule loss, he gets the special exemption in after making the semifinals last week. You got to play the 500-level event if you're granted that main draw opportunity and very nearly came away with this match. He's just striking the ball so well right now. But again, impressive victory uh, for Ugo Umber as he advances to the round of 16. And again, 
Two quarterfinalists set Echeverry, Hurkacz. You've got six round of 16 battles tomorrow. Holger Runa, who is down a set and a break to Miramir Kasmanovic, 6-1-4-3, grinds his way back to a much-needed round one victory over Kasmanovic. He'll take on Sebi Baez tomorrow. Baez, three-set win over O'Connell in round one. It's a very winnable match. An advantageous draw for Holger Runa trying to solidify his final spot. Uh, that final spot, excuse me, in the Tour Finals race. Uh, your other matchups, Fritz versus Shevchenko, the young Russian qualifying being and beating Stan Wawrinka in round number one. He's currently up to a new career high, number 70 in the live rankings. His backhand and Pedro Kashin's forehand are the same thing in how close they play it to about the, their bodies and how effective it is because of how unpredictable they are off of those wings. He's got real weapons. He's got that grit as well. He's just a winner. Like it goes, just a competitor, I should say. It's going to be a fun matchup between he and Fritz. Oh, I do expect the American to advance. It'll be Vanderson Schulp versus Felix. One ones the career head to head there. By the way, Baez is two two and one in his career head to heads with Runa. Demon's going to play Greek Spore. That's a fantastic match. One-one's the career head-to-head there. Demon a comfortable win over Schwartzman in round number one as he looks to make his push again for the tour finals. Yari will take on Ugo Umber. It's a big hitting across the board. And then how about Stricker versus Kasper Rude? That's the round of 16 match you didn't think you should be watching, but you should because I'm telling you. Stricker strikes the ball as well as anyone. Once his fitness catches up to his ball striking ability, he will be a staple in the top 20 five top 20 moving forward i believe in his weapons that significantly i have since i saw him in person two years ago in cleveland anyways that's where things stand in basel again your favorites tomorrow by tennis abstracts forecast runa fritz felix demon umber over yari and Rude over Stricker. Right now, your favorite to win the event, Taylor Fritz, 25.2%. Then Hercots, 22.9%. Runa, Demonauer, uh, lower after that. That's where things stand in Basel, heading into round of 16 Thursday. Last but certainly not least, let's talk about our three elite trophy results at that WTA event in Zhuhai. Most impressive on the day has to be Daria Kasakina. Krejcikova gets out to an early break lead, just striking the ball at will. Whenever she wants to turn into a forehand, she was able to do so. And then she lost her rhythm, and you could just tell something. It was just a hot and cold day. Something was off with Krejcikova on court today. Just again, it was very streaky. It was one of those days where it was streaky in the worst sort of ways, as it has been when things have gone astray for Krejcikova this season. But it's a big win uh, for Kasakina, who just grinds, who just puts herself in position, in winning positions at every opportunity and stays in the fight. And again, flips the script, 7-5-1-6-6-1 victory uh, for Kasakina. She's now 1-0 in the group and will play for a spot in uh into the semifinals as Krejcikova obviously wins her first round match against Lynette. And you would think Kasakina would be favored over Lynette. That's a good matchup for Kasakina. Lynette, again, not really those sort of weapons to punish Kasakina in the way you have to if you want to knock off uh, the pesky Russian. Kasakina controls her destiny in the Azalea group. Again, the errors piled up for Krejcikova in set number three in particular, where she just lost the thread, lost the rhythm. But 
that's what Casquina will do for you. If you're not ready, if you're not at your best, if you're not at your most disciplined, she will make you pay for it. So credit to Daria Kasakina, uh, three-set winner on the day. Got a straight-set win for Caroline Garcia, setting up a play-in for the semifinal spot of the Camellia Group Garcia. The straight-set three-and-six victory over Madison Keys. This was big hitting first strike tennis at its finest, and Keys just a little bit slow out of the gate. Garcia taking the second serve return inside the baseline, really pressuring Keys from the first ball onwards, as Garcia is, is prone to doing. Gets the early break, hold serve from there. It's a slugfest the rest of the way. And a credit to Caroline Garcia. Again, that commitment to taking the return on the rise and applying that early pressure on Keys. Even, even if the errors piled up occasionally, they did not in the breaker. She connects on a brilliant inside-out return on the ad side to secure the mini uh, secure the mini break lead. A good forehand pass down the line as well to take that 4-2 lead on the first turn. And then, you know, again, pulls away from there. It'll be a play-in. Two players with real plus one weapons, Haddad Maya versus Garcia. I'm excited for that battle because, again, with the spots Haddad Maya likes to hit, particularly that out wide ad side serve, if Garcia is not so precise with that on the rise return, there will just be a clear cut runway of space for the Haddad Maya plus one. And, you know, again, Garcia right now, her weapons are just working. And so. That's a fun play-in spot uh, in the Camellia group. Again, it'll be Kasatkina versus Lynette. If Lynette beats Kasatkina in three sets, I believe Krechikova advances. If Lynette beats Kasatkina in straight sets, then I think Krechikova advances as well. So unless Kasatkina – and if Kasatkina wins, she's in. If she loses – even if it's in three sets, Krechikova is through. So that's your Azalea scenario. Kasakina wins and she's in. Lynette wins. Krechikova advances in the Camellia group again. It's Haddad Maya Garcia for the semifinal spot. Play now underway in the Orchard group as well. That's our final result of the day. Things just keep rolling for Jung Chin Wen. Title when we last saw her on court. Now she gets a 6-4-6-7-6-4 win over Donna Vekic. This is the best tennis I've seen Donna Vekic play in some time. And the heavy topspin of Chin Wen, Vekic feasted on it, allowed her to flatten out her ground strokes and just use that topspin, absorb it, redirect it, place it wherever she wanted, firing line drives across the court. I was really impressed with the level I saw from Donna Vekic today. And yet that underlying physicality that complements the weapons of Chin Wen so well. I mean, you shouldn't be able to move as well as she does and hit the ball as hard as she does. Again, there's still some polishing that needs to be done. The forehand can get a little cranky and be yanked wide on her. Sometimes the shot selection, you scratch your head. Why hit a drop shot there even if you can? But the totality of things Chin Wen can do. I think she's cracking the top 10 as soon as next year. And I certainly think it's when, not if, that happens for the young Chinese talent. So she moves to 1-0 on the group. Again, still has to play Ostapenko. Ostapenko, Vekic still have to play as well. You also tomorrow will see Kudermatova versus Samsonova uh, as well. And then we'll get the Julin-Samsonova matchup eventually as well. So still some group play left to sort out in the Elite Trophy before we get to our semifinal and final action. Of course, we'll keep an eye on all of that play as well as, again, not that many matches left 
on the calendar this year on either the ATP or WTA Tours. We still have the Ask the Tour Finals. We still have that Paris 1000 on the men's side. But before you know it, it'll be futures events here and there. And then a lot of off-season conversation. And, of course, we're excited for that here at Crack Rackets. But, again, given the quality of the fields we have this week, let's enjoy this action down the season's home stretch, of course. In that spirit, we will be back tomorrow to offer you an update on all of Thursday's results. Of course, a thank you and shout-out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the <laughs> of editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content at Crack Rackets possible. As always, I will ask, like, rate, subscribe, review – not just to this show, but to the Great Shout Podcast, Cracked Interviews Podcast feeds as well. A thank you also to our friends at Tennis Point for their support. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. With that said, for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Tennis Point from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.